morning, everyone, and welcome to the last lesson of this quarter on the topic of habits of a loving soul. I hope God and I have challenged you both in at least one of these lessons in the way you think, act, and continue to approach loving others, yourself, and doing so through your actions of faith. This week, I'd like to bring to, to your attention um, the challenge of actually having love as a habit. Now, this lesson is actually shorter than some of those um, that I have taught in some of the other lessons, so I hope to still join you in learning from God's Word, nevertheless. But it is shorter, so um, those taking notes, you might not need as much room. Also, I'd like to take a moment and mention that if you remember the questionnaire that was taken at the beginning of the quarter, um, I'd like to comment on that. You see, I felt that the need of discussing the results from that questionnaire should be done in person, rather than in this digital and recorded format, since others may not know about our family, and I also felt like this is family business only, instead of putting it out there for public consumption. So, since we're not in person yet with this class, and it's the last class, I guess I will not be sharing with you those results. I thought about this earlier, and I suspect that this whole quarter's lesson series would have evolved differently than what it has, and I do appreciate each of you that have stayed diligent with studying with me on this particular topic. It's both God and you that are the reasons I continue to study each week and make the proper preparations for teaching. Thank you for continuing with me. And now, let's begin with today's lesson. I want to start off by using a quote that's actually often attributed to the famous physicist Albert Einstein, but it's not his quote from what I have read. Um, I actually don't know who this quote truly is from, but it's applicable to the lesson at hand, and you might be familiar with this quote as well. It reads, The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Have you heard this quote before? The reason I wanted to, to quote use this quote is because in scripture we have similar guidance, or one could say parallel teachings from the book of Luke in the parable of the barren fig tree. If we look at verse 5, where Jesus is instructing to them towards repentance, we then read this parable starting in verse 6. And he began telling this parable. A man had a fig tree which had been planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it, and did not find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, Behold, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree without finding any. Cut it down. Why does it even end up why does it even use up the ground? And he answered and said to him, Let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put in fertilizer, and if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, cut it down.
Now I realize I didn't uh, tell you which chapter in the book of Luke, so let me see if I can find that for you. It's chapter 13. So it starts in verse 6. You see, with this parable, Jesus states that it is such a waste of even dirt to not bear fruit. But if the gardener, or what is stated as the vineyard keeper, actually changes what has been done in treatment and care for that plant for the next year, surely it will produce different results. The man that owned the vineyard was expecting something beyond what the plant was able to produce without the care or even attentiveness that was required to provide fruit. Have you ever heard of that quote about um, don't judge a fish by the way that it can climb a tree or something like that? This is sort of that same principle. We have to take time, you know, take the time to learn and build and grow and adapt to the actual need of those that we're ministering to. Um, it's purely insanity if we expect something to change without taking that time. Sorry, that was my phone. So, some of you may think, well, or may be thinking, yeah, God gives the increase, but we also have to put in our part as well. And if we don't, all the while, you know, if we don't, while expecting uh, different results, then, well, we will just have dead plants. Ralph Waldo, Waldo Emerson, wow, that's a tricky name, um, even had a dictum, or a, you could say a principle, that stated, consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. He understood this about, you know, change and having things that, you know, adapt to that change. How much are we actually thinking about those around us when we perform our service to others and to God? How much also are we considering the impact of those actions or even the actions of our daily lives? upon those around us. Recently, my wife and I watched the documentary A Beautiful Life in the Neighborhood about the famous TV host Mr. Rogers. If you haven't seen that movie, I do recommend watching it as it definitely made me think, and I hope it will make you think, about the impact of even taking the time to listen to those that we come in contact with and being fully present in every moment. Have you ever thought about how we even approach our greetings or how we treat others that we see in the store, gas stations, or even within our own, own households? So where does this leave us in regards to love as a habit? I wanted to set up this lesson as even a further challenge for you and how you live your lives in relation to those around you. The reason I wanted to do this is because of a quote by Wes Jackson I came, I came across that really sets the goal for my teaching. If your life's work can be accomplished in your lifetime, 
you're not thinking big enough. You see, there's always room to love more in this world. There's room to always do better, think deeper, and be more sincere in our actions towards those that we live with and encounter every day. I want to share with you a full chapter of scripture, um, which is sort of the basis of this whole quarter, and the last point I'd like to make in regards to loving others as a habit in your daily lives. If you will, join me in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It reads, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in, in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide in faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. The last point I'd like to make as we're wrapping up is that even though we may set goals, work on building better habits, try to improve our lives in the physical or spiritual sense, or even have great knowledge or hope without love, it profits us nothing. We have to first get to a point of that selfless, godly love that builds up rather than destroys. At the beginning of the series, I spoke about how I actually didn't fall in love with this topic, nor the series title, and so I changed it slightly to give the perspective that I grew to understand and get excited for. However, with the onset of this pandemic taking you know, the majority of this class, we have had to adapt to showing love through separation. Cards, texts, video chats, emails, and even compliments that are given without spawn, uh, spurring. All can be given in a way that brings people together. Let us not forget that it is this same love that is why Christ came to this world, 
died on the cross for our sins, and that we should share this love with others out of gratitude and service to our Lord and Father in heaven. Thank you so much.